Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, what's going on, Ash? How are you? I'm good. I'm tired. I slept in today too, which is nuts. Um, I usually get up at 5.55 and I think I woke up at 7.50 today. Dang, but, you slept in. Dude, I'm having all these fucking allergies and I'm waking up in the middle of the night. So I got like this, well, Alex got like this box fan and put a filter on the back of it and it's supposed to suck the air through it and filter it out. And the last two nights I've been sleeping really good. But last night, I don't know what was going on. I don't know if it was like anxiety or some shit too, but yeah. So it makes the world of a difference because I can actually breathe because usually like this past week, I've been having to breathe through my mouth and oh my God, guys, like I wear a fucking like retainer and a bottom yeah. mouth and I grind my teeth. So when I tell you like my shit was so fucking dry, like my mouth, like I'm sure my tongue probably could have cracked in half. Like it was so fucking nasty, but that's being resolved because now I can um, breathe through my nose again the last two nights, but I'm still pretty tired. I have a really big weekend. I'm at the hospital all weekend for the holiday weekend and I'm going to a Oh my God, I'm going to say Indians. Um, what are they now? The Guardians, the Cleveland Guardians uh, baseball game. Yeah, they used to be the Cleveland Indians and then people are offended. So they switched it to like the Guardians. So I'll be doing that Saturday night. But how are you? How have you been? Good, dude. I got to meet fucking Jeffrey Sue last night. So he is in town. He and his, I, I don't know, lady friend, we'll call her. Um, I don't know if it's girlfriend, but girlfriend, lady friend came down to Charleston. So I got to meet him. I got to meet his lady friend Marina, and then I got to meet Melina, and she's uh, she came um, down from uh, I almost said North Charleston. She came down from North Carolina, so that was really fun. We went out and got sushi. Um, Jeffrey paid for the dinner, which was very nice of him, and then I paid for everyone's peace pies, which is like an ice cream sandwich. So it was like shortbread cookie, oh. ice cream, shortbread cookie. My shit looked anemic. Everyone else had this big old ice cream sandwiches where like you could barely like um. With your and mine was anemic as fuck. I was pissed. I was like, "Fuck peace pie, man!" Like, if I'm gonna eat a free meal, I'm coming to eat. I'm coming for war. And this thing was just anemic as shit. So I was disappointed with my peace pie, but that's okay. It's it's you know not nothing nothing is really lost there. But it was really cool to meet Jeffrey, um, because like obviously you know just meeting him, he's like my mentor, my friend. So just meeting him was really cool. And he was like the same person over Zoom um that he was just you know via you know via zoom and via person so that was just really cool because like you never know like you meet you know you talk to these people either every single day or whatever and to just meet someone and to know that they're still the same chuckle fuck as, as they are over zoom that for me was really special and it was really cool and he gave me the best compliment ever he was like because mind you guys for those of you who don't know jeffrey sue he's like five eight and he's like 208 pounds so he's like a bodybuilder right and for reference, I'm like 5'7", 130 pounds and a bikini athlete. So he was like, Ash, one of these days, I want to get a training session in with you because you go hard. And for him to tell me that, like, that was really cool. Because, like, your training, your division does not dictate your training intensity, in my opinion. Like, I believe if you want to put on muscle, whether you're a 130-pound bikini athlete like me or you're a fucking monster that's, like, 250 on stage, you need to be taking your sets to goddamn failure. Like, or within a rep or two shy, you need to go balls to the walls, go to war, 
and fight like hell for those reps. Like gun to your head mentality is how I train. That's I believe is the method of training that is beneficial for muscle growth and hypertrophy. So for him to tell me that, that for me was just like a big titty ego booster. I was like, fuck yeah, like someone that's big recognizes realness. I loved that. Um, so that was just really cool and really special. But we have a very special guest on today. And before I like really introduce him and kind of allow him to tell us kind of like his story and introduce the topic, Mike, I want you to rehash your first impression of me. Because when you were at down here, um, Jiren USA's with Dom, you were like, you, your first impression of me was apparently not good because apparently I could come across as like a bitch with my periods of punctuation over Instagram. So kind of tell me your thoughts upon <laughs> your first impressions of me and just be honest, like go ahead and throw me under the bus. Yeah. So, uh, you made a good post on Instagram and I left a comment, I reshared it. And then you replied something back and it just sounded really weird the way you worded it. And I was a little confused on what it meant. It said something like, oh, you, it, it means more when you have experience or something. So not in my head, I was like, she's saying like, I don't have experience or, or is she like agreeing with me? So then I sent it to a few people and I was like, what the hell is this girl saying? Like, I don't understand. Is she like mad at me? Did I do something to her? And then everyone's like, yeah, that just sounds weird. But like, she's always like the nicest person ever. Like I've only had good experiences with her. Uh, so I kind of just brushed it off and then, me and Dom saw you at Junior Nationals, and then we started chatting, and then uh, Dom kind of told – and I never brought this up to you, and then Dom kind of embarrassed me a little bit in front of you, and then me and you hashed it out, and we were all good, and you ended up being a pretty cool dude, but I thought you were a total bitch at first, to be honest. No, that's totally, totally valid. And it was – the post it was was this is not bodybuilding, and so it was for me – it was one of those, like, poke the bear posts where it's like – you know, I'm very passionate about bodybuilding and I don't like it tainted. And so you said nailed this one with a clap emoji. And so I replied back, your opinion more matters more when you have experience. And what I meant by that is I had been morbidly obese and I had been anorexic, right? So I had been, but the thing is, as I was a general lifestyle is what I would consider during those periods of time, I would have never have considered myself a bodybuilder like I do now. And so my, my comment, what I was meaning by that is even though that like I had a transformation that was really, really awesome, mentally, I was not a bodybuilder, which is why I was speaking on behalf of the experience of like mocking bodybuilding for to just compete for the sake of competing. And so when I said like your opinion matters more when you have experience, I was coming at from my angle being like, like my opinion based on like how aggressive this post was matters because I have experience of being a fat kid versus like now being a bodybuilder. It had nothing to do with you. It was, I was <laughs> coming from like me owning the fact that like I could have been some hoity-toity, oh, I eat chicken and rice bodybuilder, even though I wasn't a bodybuilder mentally. So that's literally what I meant by that. And it makes sense to me. But now looking at it, I'm like, you sound like a fucking cunt, Ash. Like, so that is my bad, man. That is my bad. So I'm glad we were able to No, it, 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 it makes total sense now that I agree. But at first I was, and the way you wrote it too, you just put the period at the end too. I was like, oh gosh. And like, she tagged your name first. Like she tagged you and was like, your opinion matters more when you have experience. Like it definitely See, sounds like but she then, out. <laughs> but, but then I remember you liked the comment. You liked my comment too. So then I was like, okay, yeah. maybe this like is a good thing. 
No, it was totally a good thing. Totally a good thing. And like, whenever you reply back to someone's comment, you put like the name happens first, right? Like that was just like a reply uh-huh. thing. But no, I thought it was a great comment. I was like, yeah, I appreciate it. Cause like, I, like I said, like I knew of you and I obviously know of Dom. So I was like, oh hell yeah. Like he, like whenever someone comments on my shit, even if it's negative and yours wasn't negative, I appreciate that because like at the end of the day, you took time out of your day to read a post and also leave a comment. Like you're never going to get that shit back. So like, I always appreciate when people like my shit, share my shit, comment my shit, because like, again, you are never going to get that time back. So no, I thought you were a cool dude. And I really appreciate you just taking the time <laughs> out of your life to just engage with me. And then also to meet you in person and like for you to like, just talk with me. Like, again, like I was just so grateful and so appreciative. And so like, if I ever come across as a bitch and this goes to anyone listening, just have a conversation with me. Cause I, chances are, I am not doing it out of a place of hatred or anger. I'm just like thinking about myself and my own little world. So I'm glad we were able to hash things out. <laughs> I know it's good. We hash things out. And to anyone listening, she's actually super cool in person, uh, much different than social media. I'm and spicy, like, but I'm like a fun little, I'm like tequila spicy, like a little worm. Tequila <laughs> <laughs> used to be my favorite when I was a drinker. I could drink that straight. I'm just like, can I have a bottle of tequila, like a whole cup? Sure. Tequila water. Love it. Dude, saying tequila is the reason why I've made out with more girls than guys. Like, that's, that's tequila. <laughs> if I drink, which is very rare, that's all I have. Yeah, it's the best. It really is. We should make a poll on mm-hmm. that. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. But Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then we kind of like dive into our topic at hand and give the people keep the give the people what they want. Yeah, so uh, I'm 23 years old. I graduated from, or I'm from a small town in upstate New York called New Hartford. I went to Syracuse University for my undergrad, which I graduated in last May. I then moved down to Tampa, and I am now at the University of Tampa. I'm finishing up my master's degree in exercise science and nutrition, which I will graduate from this August. Um, I started my coaching career uh, officially last June. So uh, coming up on like 49 weeks now. So still relatively new to this. Um, and now I've scaled uh, my coaching team to just over 50 people on my roster. Um, things have moved pretty quick. I have a good amount of people stepping on stage this year as well, which I'm very excited for. But yeah, in short, that is pretty much me. Right on. That's really awesome to have that many athletes after not even being a coach for uh, a full year and also just also continuing to further your education by formally educating yourself and like getting a degree, but then also doing all the mentorships that, you know, we've talked about in person being under, under Dom and stuff like that. But how did you and Dom connect? Uh, so this is a funny story. So I went into, I was always kind of like the, the fat kid growing up. I was overweight for as long as I could remember um, I went into my freshman year of college at 243 pounds. Um, I would consider myself just under obese, um, you know, very overweight. Uh, I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Uh, I had fatty liver disease at the time. And, you know, I was always that kid who was just like partying three, four days a week, uh, recreational drugs, all of that. And then I kid you not, two weeks into my first semester of school, those first two weeks I fought off, you know, just went out every single day. Um, I went to the shower one day in like the communal bathrooms, looked myself in the mirror and I was like, 
uh, I'm literally going to die if I, you know, keep up these habits, you know, just looking at my blood work. My dad's a physician as well. So um, he's kind of always hammered this into me like, oh, your cholesterol's fucked. Your blood pressure is high, all this. And then I looked at myself oh, wow. and I was just kind of disgusted at what I saw in the mirror. Yeah. Um, so then literally that day, I kid you not, I went back. Um, I went to the gym. I started training, started doing some cardio. Um, and over that first semester of college, and, and I went sober from the state. Uh, wow. I ended, up losing seven, I ended up losing 70 pounds over the next four months. Uh, very unhealthy how I did it, uh, looking in hindsight. I was doing like two hours of cardio a day, uh-huh. pretty much veggie. I had no knowledge of any of this. You know, I've like lifted before, um, just to like high school sports and stuff. But I had no knowledge of anything. Um, I still remember I was actually looking the other day in my memories, like so what some of my workouts were, and like my my push day would be like four sets of everything it would be like uh, shoulder press, incline press, flat press, decline press, incline fly, flat fly, decline fly, like Holy 40, shit. 50 sets of workout. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it worked though, you know, uh, but looking back, it was definitely not the right way to do things. And then, so I got down to 170 pounds at my lowest, um, mm-hmm. just by the new year. And then, um, from there on kind of some of my goals shifted and I was like, Okay. Well, I, I really thought I was going to be like shredded, have a six pack, like look yoked when I dieted down. And obviously that wasn't the case. I was skinny, fat, had zero muscle. And so goals kind of shifted a bit. And, you know, during this whole process, I kind of just started researching more. I was on, you know, like bodybuilding.com, like intense muscle, um, just reading things every single day. And literally that was, you know, I, I wasn't partying or anything at the STEM in college. Um, I was literally just reading, studying as much information as I could. And I started getting a little bit of knowledge, but, you know, it's really hard to kind of figure out where the right sources to learn from are. And on the internet, everything's different. Everyone's telling mm-hmm. you something from a different direction. Yeah. And then come May of that year, I believe this is 2019 now, um, I dislocated my shoulder, uh, fully tore my labrum and my bicep tendon. So oh. I had to have surgery oh. at that. Yeah. Yeah, it was brutal. I was, it was in the gym. I was military pressing. Um, That's the worst. Uh-huh. So I ended up having surgery for that. And then I came across this guy on Instagram on like the For You page. Um, kind of a weird dude. His name is Dom Kuza. Um, didn't know anything about him. He literally just popped up on my page. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to hire this guy. He's got some like cool looking people on his page. So I DM'd him and I was like, yo, man, I'm having surgery, but I want to start with you once I'm fully recovered from it. Um, I want to do a men's physique competition, which I don't know why I said that. I had zero muscle. And then um, so we ended up getting together uh, that November. Uh, We started working together and now we're coming up on, I think, 170 weeks together. So, So we've been together for a long time. Uh, that first year working with him, it was kind of just like a regular coach client relationship. And then, you know, we kind of started getting closer and closer. I started like picking his brain after the first year. And I was like, Hey man, like I want to start learning about this stuff. And we just, he's kind of started sending me some resources, like giving me some answers with things and our relationship kind of just grew over the years. And then eventually, uh, that led me to me. I mean, our relationship just grew. And then that led me to 
joining his old coaching team as an assistant under him in June of this past year. So that was kind of when we officially started working together and we ran that for a bit. And then in November, Dom decided to leave that old coaching team and go on his own. And he asked Mm -hmm. me to come with him. So then I did. And that kind of leads us to where we are today. That's awesome. Like, I think it's really cool that we both kind of had a very similar journey when it comes to kind of entering into bodybuilding because like I was also obese right like I was 250 plus pounds at my heaviest and within less than a year I had gone from 250 to 125 so literally half oh, wow. my fucking yeah so you talk about like you know eating disorders extreme restriction and so you don't you don't have to share this but would you have considered yourself to do to be in struggling any eating disorder type of tendencies or any type of like over-exercising patterns? Like how can you describe what you went through from a male's perspective? Because it's very rare that I'm able to kind of talk to another athlete like this who is male because usually males like don't tend to talk about if they had any mental struggles with food or body image. But the fact that we had a very similar story, I'm more just curious. No, yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm very open about it. Um, when I started off, obviously, like I lost all the weight super quickly and it was like very restrictive. You know, I'd have one free meal a week, but, you know, it'd be like a 300 calorie snack that wasn't like chicken and broccoli. Um, you have this almost fear of food at that point. And mm-hmm. um, it was definitely scary, you know, like eating more. You're like, oh, am I going to get fat? And I never really had any like binge eating or nothing like that. It was kind of just like a fear of food, like an exercise addiction almost, mm-hmm. um, you know, overtraining, things like that. And you're like, oh, I don't have to train six or seven days a week. But then that's kind of where working with a coach came in for me because, mm-hmm. you know, over time, like now it's uh, my off season to get up to almost 5,000 calories a day. And it's like a free meal doesn't I'll lose weight if I have a free meal or something uh, sometimes. And it's just getting metabolically um, adapted to kind of eating more food, you know, training less, lower volume now, higher intensity, things like that. Um, that was definitely the biggest change and, and kind of any, I guess, like eating disorder tendencies or like exercise addiction tendencies that faded pretty quickly. Once I started working with a coach, just because yep. you're not really making decisions for yourself. You're just like, okay, whatever you say I'm doing. And then, you know, the results just follow from there. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. I wish that it was something that like that whole experience for me of like the eating disorders and the fear of food, the fear of getting fat, like all of that is actually why I wanted to become a coach because I didn't get a coach at that time. Because during that time I was 16 years old and up until like my, my like late teens, early adulthood, I was just so disordered with like, you know, either binge purge or anorexia or orthorexia you know, there was also time when I was like, so restrictive, I went vegan. So like all of these things, I wish I had a coach to help me with that. Um, that's why I got into coaching though. And that's because I always wanted to help people, whether it was males or females. And then I got into this bodybuilding kind of culture and crowd where I found my home, which is why like, I want to be a coach. I want to help people, you know, become the best versions of them, whether it's on the lifestyle and doing things like just wanting to be a healthier individual for their families, their kids themselves, or whether it's the competitors and wanting to step on stage and be the best that they can possibly be. And then also win as well, which kind of is a good segment into 
um, our topic today when it comes to kind of what to expect with your first year of coaching because you were about to hit that that one year mark. Yeah, um, it was definitely a roller coaster to be honest. So kind of how things started with me, um, I started charging people in uh, June, so that would be a year ago. I worked with a few people for free, uh, five to ten people for free at first while before that just because and I'm a big believer in working with people for free at first and I tell Mm -hmm. you know people who ask me like how do I become a coach I say work with people for free and the reason being is you have no credibility you have no experience you have no right to be charging at this point you know Mm -hmm. you need to start to prove yourself and, and it's hard to get people to trust you at first and be like you know just let me tell you what to eat let me tell you how to train but that's what you have to do to establish that credibility so people know and understand that you know what you're doing. You know, uh, one of my biggest pet peeves in the industry is I know some people are charging $300, $400, dollars a month, and, and you're a fucking idiot. Like, you have zero right to be doing that, and it really just blows my mind, and, and it's unbelievable how people fall for that. And, and a lot of times, you know, this is – a whole nother conversation with tying into social media with like your following and your own physique. That means tells nothing about how much knowledge you actually have. Uh, and I truly believe that some people who look absolutely incredible have tons of followers. They're some of the dumbest people ever. Um, but again, going back into that, it's, you need to pr- prove your, prove your knowledge at first. You need to prove your credibility. Uh, you need to understand how to work with people and it, it's totally different understanding like psychology of people, um, you know, just different coaching methods. What does uh, X, Y, and Z approach do? What does a different approach to do? You need to kind of understand this. So um, that's kind of how I started off with things. And then, you know, I started charging people. And then the biggest thing with it was in my first year, at first, it's really hard in the beginning to get clients. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell everyone getting from five to 10 clients was a lot harder than getting from 20 to 40 clients from getting to 40 to 50 because once you start developing results, you know, people start to like you, people appreciate you, the referral network just starts growing and growing. And, you know, then you start posting things in your page. People are like, Oh, I want those results. Um, Mm -hmm. People start telling their friends about you. Oh, he helped me get these results. And then it kind of just grows and grows from there. So it's the more, results you kind of get from things, the bigger your network gets, the more people are going to come into you. So in the beginning, it's a lot of like downtime almost where you're going to go through periods where you feel like things are stagnant or even regressing. And then, you know, sudden, at least for me, I can say on my experience, uh, I was about like 10 to 15 clients until like November. And then mm-hmm. November to December, I ended up doubling my roster in that time frame, And it literally just like, flip the switch and, and things just started growing and taking off. And I started getting some more of the clients I wanted to work with. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning too, you're going to work with a lot of people who you think are, who are, things aren't going to work out with, you know, they're not the type of clients that you want to work with. Um, but it, it's kind of just takes a lot of persistence and consistency. And then eventually things start clicking and you get in a nice rhythm and things just kind of start taking off in the direction you want it to. Yeah. I think I forget who, who said this? I don't know if it was Dom or if it was it was a no. It was another. It was another like coach that was like more of like a business coach. I think he posted on this story, um, but it, essentially it was along the lines of like 
you don't get great athletes. You create great athletes. And some of the athletes I thought, whether their lifestyle or competition, when I first like signed with them, I'm like, I was a little hesitant, but I was like, I, I give everyone a chance, right? Everyone deserves a chance. And with just how I've been able to coach them and develop a relationship with them and to develop them and invest in them, they have become all stars. They have become the best that they can be and continue to show up for themselves. And when we first, like I said, started working together, they were okay. They were good, but now they are getting great. And that's just with that initial investment in that time, because when you have a coach client relationship and you pour into each other, you both get better, right? Your athlete gets better. You get better as a coach. You start to work together as a team. And especially as you continue to invest in your continuing education with mentorships, classes, whatever, like you would just both, it's like iron sharpening or steel sharpening steel, iron sharpening iron. And you mm -hmm. just create this awesome working dynamic. And I think it's really cool that you were able to, you know, not only double your roster and have such a success within your first year of coaching, but also being in so humble at the same time, because like you were very approachable. Like I said, I met you in person and I had no idea you had so many athletes and you're still like, even though I don't really know you that well, you still seem just like Mike, like just Mike, you know what I'm saying? Not that that's a bad thing, but like you seem still so humble. And I think that's really cool too. Yeah. Like really genuine. Like I can tell like your heart is in this and this is like something that like you desire to be and like want to be and like it, it works for you. And it's great. It's really cool to see that though. Cause I agree with Ash. Like, yeah, like you're very humble and like you're in this for all the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've never really thought that highly of myself. You know, I know I have, I'm young. I have a lot to prove and especially in the industry now there's so many, this like younger generation of coaches in that like 25 to 35 range they're they're really fucking good and it's it's hard to kind of keep up with them and you know i know I, I i know where my place is with things and i know i have a lot of stepping stones to take to get to that level and you know all i can do really at this point is just keep perfecting my practice you know working as hard as i can being the best coach i can be and eventually you know you're going to get to that level where you really do make a name for yourself you know right now i am a no name I mean, no one knows who I am in the industry. I haven't proven, I haven't had the time to prove myself yet, but things like that take time. And, and a lot of times when you kind of have like self-doubt with stuff and you're like, am I, do I belong here and stuff? I just look back and where I started and, you know, I'm only a year into this and some of the people who have been doing this have been going for 10, 15 years even. And it kind of puts you in your place in that aspect of things. And uh, it kind of makes you remain humble. Mm -hmm. so you said yeah, you kind of struggled there with a little bit of like is this the right fit for me or confidence and whatnot like what other struggles do you did you have or still have during this first year of coaching like what would you say your biggest hurdles are or were oh man this is a tough question uh one for sure I would say is a little bit of self-doubt and it comes in waves, like, you know, some days you have really high days and where you're like, okay, I'm fucking great. You know, everyone's killing it. And then other times it's like, you kind of just get down on yourself and you're like, okay, you start comparing yourself to others. You know, why aren't I as successful as, um, you know, Dom, for example, why aren't I Austin Stout? And that's really the biggest struggle for me is kind of just trying to put myself ahead five years when in reality, I need to take a step back and just focus on the moment right now and what I can do in this moment. And uh, that's for sure the biggest struggle for me. Uh, 
other things I would say for sure is kind of just time management. Um, you know, being in my master's right now, it really is life's pretty hectic. It's, it's a lot to balance between coaching and um, school as well. So for me, uh, you know, just like my daily routines, very, very structured. Uh, I don't really have time where I can afford to slip up with things. Otherwise, you know, I just fall out of rhythm. I get behind on work. So that's definitely been a struggle and kind of learning to balance that. Uh, let's see what else. Another big struggle too, honestly, has been learning to balance my own process with my own bodybuilding and client work as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And the reason being is, again, with the other, um, you know, responsibilities I have, things kind of just picked up very, very quick for me where, you know, it was almost like hard to keep up with. And I'm always, you know, I, I kind of separate coaches into uh, there's career coaches and then non-career coaches. Like I'm a career coach. I'm always going to put my clients first. And if that means mm-hmm. I have to kind of put myself on the back burner for the time being, then I'm going to. And there's definitely been a few, um, you know, instances this year I've had to do that. You know, I had, March this year, um, I really had to take a step back from things. I was probably training like two or three days a week, um, you know, and that's okay. Uh, it is a learning experience too. And I'm getting better at it and learning to kind of balance things as well. And, being able to focus on other aspects of my life while kind of maintaining, um, you know, my coaching up to the standard I want it to be at. That's always going to come first, but it's kind of just learning to incorporate other things in my life and, and making time for other things outside of coaching. That for sure has been a big struggle for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a time when I was still working as a full-time nurse. I was finishing up my bachelor's degree. I had a roster of like 35 clients um, and I was still trying to like, it was right at the end of my competing season too. I had like one show left that I was like wrapping up. Yeah. And unfortunately at the time, my, um, my boyfriend were back together now, but he ended up like we split up because I was just so consumed in like coaching and everything else. And like, I didn't have good time management. Like that was something that I really struggled with because like in my mindset, like if it wasn't like prep or like coaching, like I didn't give a fuck about it. So as a, as a coach, like you can become so easily consumed, especially if you do want to be like a career coach, you know, and then like Mm -hmm. you get put on the back burner and essentially it it becomes us. And like, I literally had to sit my ass down and be like, something needs to give. And like, I ended up giving up nursing full-time because I couldn't do both anymore, but you know, I had to pick my passion. I had to balance that life because yeah, at first it's very overwhelming, especially when you want to be a good coach and you want to be there for your athletes in, you know, the best possible ways that you can be and put out what you portray to, to the world. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, like I can definitely relate on that. Yeah. Yeah. I can say that even though I've been a coach a little bit longer than the both of you. Cause like my background was first, like, you know, the bullshit, like macros coach with like the just did cardio and shit like that was actually with like this, like, like vegan coaching company that for me, like a fine stepping stone, but like really wasn't coaching. And like, I had a roster of like 70 athletes, the check-ins were all phone calls. So like, yeah. like 30 minute phone calls with like 70 people, like <laughs> you didn't remember who was who at that point. And like, I, oh, like yeah. I said, I, literally almost like almost committed suicide because it was just too much. It was too much. It, I wasn't like, these weren't like my athletes. They were handed to me after the the sales call or whatever. So it's like, they might not have aligned with me or meshed with me. And it got to the point where like, I hated my life and I hated this job. And so then when I went off and left that coaching company and went off on my own, like 
a lot of mistakes, a lot of errors, but it wasn't until like I invested in my education a little bit more, hired Austin South as my mentor. And then things really picked off when I like hired him as my coach and kind of did things my way and aligned myself better with like what I wanted out of my own bodybuilding experience, what I wanted my athletes to view me as as a leader. And now I'm in a really good spot where I just like want to be the best and do the most amount of good, not only for myself and for my athletes, but then also like for my community and for my husband. And really when I shifted my mindset from like trying to get the most amount of athletes or the most amount of money to just helping people, helping people to feel better, helping people like to achieve their goals. Like that for me was a big turning point with how I viewed coaching. Cause it was less about comparing my athletes to other athletes or comparing myself to other coaches and more just like taking on the mindset of, I just want to do good and to help. That helped me kind of find peace of mind and to re have, I have a better healthy relationship with this career coaching that I want to be, because I don't want to have like, you know, a, a full-time roster, but then also have another job. It's like, no, I just want to be a coach, right? I want to be a coach because I love helping people. And so taking that, that perspective and that mindset really did help me to enjoy coaching a lot more so that way I could be more present and less comparative because I think you can fall into that trap of like oh why am I not as Mm -hmm. successful as so-and-so and And it's like well so-and-so has been in this career a decade if not two decades and you've barely been in here you know two years a year so calm down like everyone starts from scratch and so like being on track and making sure that you like take that time to be making sure you can have that decade experience can it just takes time so even if you're doing all the right things the thing that holds you back is just lack of time and everyone is like that yeah i couldn't have said that better myself um treating making your priority getting the best results you can being the best coach you can rather than being thinking of oh i need to get the certain income this month i need to add more people to my roster because you get in that mindset of, of just like money and, and roster size, then your quality of coaching takes a step back. And, mm-hmm. and, and really when you start focusing on just the quality of your work, that's going to, sh- that's going to lend itself to, you know, indirectly increasing your roster, increasing your income like that. And that, that was for sure in the beginning for me, it was, that was definitely a big change that happened from the beginning to where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, I think it's really cool that we're able to, you know, kind of connect over this space. Because like I said, until like I like I, I knew of you because obviously we had that like little debacle on Instagram. But like to actually meet you in person and like meet Dom in person, that was pretty cool. Because um, I'm going to be doing Dom's mentorship. And holy shit, does it start next week? Oh, really? No, two weeks, two weeks, because it's June 6th. And like, I'm just really excited. And like, that's what I love about this community whether it's coaching related or bodybuilding related, but in this case, both, it's like you get to meet so many cool people that like you would not have ever otherwise gotten to meet because of bodybuilding shows or mentorships or whatever. So I think it's really special and says a lot about this community when you're able to meet some really cool cats that you would have never otherwise had the opportunity to meet. And to some extent, it is due to social media. So I know social media can sometimes get like a double-edged sword playing the comparison game and like the grass is always greener or like the highlight reel. But if you view it in that mindset, yeah. But at the same time, you also get to meet some really fucking neat individuals. And that's what I actually really like about Instagram. It's like, I I haven't ever met Ash and she's like my best fucking friend. And so like, I want to make a trip up to Cleveland to fucking meet her or, you know, 
for example, meeting Jeffrey Sue last night. It's like this. You guys have never met so each other. Fucking... No, is that think not that like? We would. That's never, crazy. Never. This girl has seen. I'm pretty sure you've seen my titties. You know what I'm saying? Like she has seen <laughs> every part of me, and I've never gotten to hug her. Like, isn't that so sad? But wow. That's what I love about Instagram and Zoom and stuff like that. Well, is you get to meet people. Mike, didn't it take a really long time for you and Dom to meet in person, though, too? We didn't meet until last year, North Americans. Yeah. So you were, like, working Two with Two and him. a half years. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's, just, my actual, it's a really my, cool thing. My uh, Two of my best friends, Taylor Moore and Mike White, I've we started talking before, and, and now they're my best friends, and we never met in person mm-hmm. until recently and, and it's crazy because you know there's pros and cons to instagram but i've met some of my closest friends some people i talk to on a daily basis i've never met them once in person i consider them closer than you know people i see on a regular basis yeah internet friends is where it's at dude mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely but maybe for those who are wanting to break into this very saturated market and become a, a Instagram coach, whether it's bodybuilding or lifestyle, do you have like any words of wisdom for them? Or maybe we each could impart a little words of wisdom. Cause I know it can be very, very scary to get started. And they're, they're people that struggle with imposter syndrome, getting athletes or anything like that. But I think it'd be really good for the three of us to give like one, one little like tidbit to encourage them or words of wisdom when it comes to starting out on in this online space yeah uh it's kind of like a two-part piece uh one thing uh i believe every single coach should have is a background in um you know physiology just just general physiology because any other courses or things you learn you're not going to understand the goddamn thing if you don't have that base knowledge of that uh two hire a mentor absolutely hands down that is the best thing you could do better than every other course i did combined hiring a mentor is the number one thing that's going to propel you forward in the industry mm-hmm. i would agree yeah. ash go ahead Ooh, um so i was gonna say like continuing education but mike kind of said that with like a mentorship so mm-hmm. i'm gonna go with um being okay knowing that you're wrong admitting that you're wrong and doing better the next time like learning from your mistakes that's probably going to be one of the biggest things rather than being so headstrong because you're going to one piss a lot of people off you can hurt somebody um and you know you definitely we're humans. Like we make mistakes. We want to grow. Like, like granted, we don't try to make mistakes as coaches, but shit happens. Right. So, you know, owning up to your shit really then making sure that you make a change so it doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the two things that you guys have touched on is kind of like having a heart of a student and having a heart of like a child, making sure that you understand that you're constantly learning and constantly developing and evolving because you're not always going to be right and you have always something to learn. And to add to that, like childlike wonder and nature, just remember why you got started in coaching because you were going to go not days, not weeks, but sometimes months without an inquiry. Like that is just the reality of it. Like you're going to, you're, you're giving away all this information. You're learning all these things. You're investing all this time and energy into coaching, mentorships, classes, courses, um, books, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And 
you're not going to see any returns for sometimes a really, really long time. And it can come so defeating. But if you go into coaching and you remember why you got into this scene, it's not to make money. It is not to have clout, glory, fame, whatever, but is to genuinely help people, help people to be their best, feel their best, look their best, whatever. Remember your why and hold on dear to that. Continue to impact your community, you know, be a better person, rise to the occasion, be a better leader. And that all comes with understanding and remembering your why when shit gets tough. And I quote Dom almost every single day with this quote, because I'm pretty sure it was him that quoted it, but don't let a, a win go to your head and don't let a loss go to your heart. And that is my mantra, because when shit gets tough, it can be so easy to lose heart and become discouraged. But continue to show up, be a leader, lead whatever people you do have to success, whether they're paying you or whether they're a free athlete, like do your best, be your best, because you are going to get a return eventually, but it's going to just take time. So continue to put in the reps, right? That's what coaching is much like bodybuilding. It's putting in the reps every single day, but doing it because you get to doing it at a place of love and passion. And that's how you're going to win. It's just going to take time. Agreed. Very well said. Thank you. I had a lot of time to think about this. <laughs> that was very you need to make that, you need to make that into a reel. That was gold. That's yeah. right. That's right. I, I listened to this. I think it's CT Fletcher. I think that's his name, but he does like some really like hardcore motivational shit. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> Love that. Yes, but dude, thank you so much for coming on, Mike. I, I'm really glad we had this opportunity um, just to kind of like shoot the shit, clear the air, but also like pal around because I'm really glad you gave me a second chance. Like I promise, like <laughs> I'm a bitch, but in the best way possible, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it's really nice to just converse with you and we'll have to come have you on again and talk about literally anything that you want. No, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of yes. course, of course. All right, kids and cats, we'll see you next week. I don't know what we have planned. We'll probably do something educational. Um, but in the meantime, y'all have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Adios.